everybody, this is Charlie from After Apps, and you are listening to today's Food Doggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. And a uh, real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble or uh, BitChute or Odyssey, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you are listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, whatever podcast platform you utilize, please hit that subscribe button so we can continue to bring you conversations like the one I'm bringing you today, talking with Josh Campbell of the band Dark Below. What's going on, man? Hey, not a lot, man. How you doing? Good, good. So uh, usually when I have somebody on for the first time, I like to get a background on them. So do you remember originally what you want to be when you grew up? Uh, originally, I wanted to be an NFL quarterback, but uh, that dream died pretty quickly. So music was the next logical step for me. <laughs> Nice. And then do you remember like what was that uh, kind of attracted you to music and like what was your, some of your early uh, listens? Uh, I was definitely uh, heavily influenced by my dad. He was a uh, he was a rocker for sure. And he, you know, he raised me on rock early on. Uh, I can remember like one of the first CDs we had as a family was uh, the Collective Soul, the, the blue record. I think it was just self-titled one that had like December and the world I know like that one. Uh, I was also really into like, Green Day and The Offspring and more punk stuff when I was younger. So uh, that, that's kind of what got it started for me, though. Nice. And then uh, when was it that you got into, like, uh, you know, singing and performing yourself? Uh, so I got into singing after I had kind of started this band with uh, the original guys, which one of them is still in the band. But uh, I never really wanted to sing. I was just a guitar player, and that's what I wanted to do. But we just could not find anyone. And it got to the point where they're like, dude, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. So why don't you just sing? And that's how it happened for me. <laughs> nice. So trial by fire. Yeah. And then what was it that originally attracted you to, to guitar? I don't know. I just, I always loved music just from the time I was a kid, just because it was something that, you know, it was, it was something for my dad and I that we always did together, just listen to music a lot. And he always encouraged me to, you know, to take things as far as I could. And uh, I had an interest in music and I always just, I wanted to play guitar. So my 11th birthday, I got a guitar and he got me, got me some lessons and off I went. Nice. And um, like, so as you got older, then when did you like, uh, I mean, it go from like a, a hobby that you were practicing to like playing with friends. I uh, really, I mean, when I was in college, I had a couple of buddies I went to school with 
that I'd also gone to high school with and they played a little bit. So we would, you know, sit around and jam in our dorms and stuff. But uh, it was it was my freshman year in college when I saw Chevelle play for the first time. That was when I was like, okay, I really want to start a band because this is awesome. Nice. And then, uh, like, did you attend, like, uh, local shows in your hometown growing up? Well, my hometown's about 600 people, so we didn't really have any shows going on. But uh, I, I didn't really go to a lot of concerts growing up. The first one I ever went to as a kid was Lincoln Park in, like, 2001. And then I didn't go to another concert for, uh, God, it was like another six years. I saw uh, like Poison or something. And then right after that, Chevelle. And it was the Chevelle concert that was like, all right, I got to do this, man. And then what was uh, – so we got to give a shout-out now. Where, where, where's the hometown that? So my hometown is Perry, Missouri. It's uh, very small. If anyone knows it, they probably know the Mark Twain Lake. A lot of people come here to go out on the lake, and it's it's near that. And then, uh, like, the nearest uh, city that you would go see the concerts at? Um, Columbia, which is where we're kind of out of as a band, is really kind of like the, the closest, like, bigger city that has, has many bigger names come through. Hannibal has a few. I've never really seen a concert there, but that's another place that people might have heard of because of, like, Mark Twain and Tom Sawyer and all that crap. And then, um, so, like, you know, when did uh, did you have any bands before Dark Below came together, and, and when did when did you first start playing with? You said college. Yeah, uh, now Dark Below was this was the first thing for me. I just uh, in college I made a Craigslist post just looking for people, and that's how we got started. Yeah, I, I read that man. For people that don't remember Craigslist, when it was, it used to be used for good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you can get anything on Craigslist from what I recall. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Then, you know, you just you wanted to start a band and you were looking for people and you just kind of put an ad out there. or How'd that process work out? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I just put a, put an ad out there and I said, man, I'm looking for people that want to play hard rock. Like, I'm not that great. So I don't expect you to be that great. But I want to, you know, I want to start a band kind of, you know, in this you know, the style of music and did not get many responses. But one of them that I did get was uh, Brett, who was our original drummer. And we started in his dad's basement. Nice. And then uh, what what was the uh, influence behind the name Dark Below? So originally we were called Down Phase. And it was, it was just some idea I came up with. It didn't really mean anything. I just thought, I don't know, it sounds kind of cool. But when we started working with our producer, Malcolm Springer, for the first time, he's uh, he has flat out told me, like, he's this, like, southern Missouri boot heel guy, so he's got a, you know, real strong accent. And he was just like, man, the name sucks. You got to come up with something better. <laughs> so uh, he, had, he had made a comment to me at one point. He's like, you know, he's like, you write some really dark stuff, but you just don't really look like that kind of guy. So that's kind of where Dark Below came from. So it's like you got some darkness below the surface, basically, yeah? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so you're um, – how did you connect then with, with that, that gentleman to start recording with him or working with him? So our other producer, Jason Schrick, who is also our manager now, uh, he, is, he had started a company called JPS Productions, and we knew him because he was the first guy that ever booked a show for us. Like he – 
he was a manager of a venue in Columbia and he gave us our first show. So we kind of, we started a relationship with him and then we started working with JPS productions once he got that going. And he knew Malcolm because he had been in a band that had worked with him years ago. And, uh, that's uh, kind of for a long time now. It's just been kind of both of those guys that uh, produce our stuff. Gotcha. And then um, when did things like kind of, I mean, start, obviously you caught somebody, you caught their attention. Like when did it um, like talk about the, the process? Because like usually bands, they start themselves. You started in your friend's basement, you know, you started getting out, making a name for yourself. How did you, catch these people's eye or did they start helping you book the book the bigger shows uh yeah i mean it was really uh, it's a lot a lot comes from jps productions jason's people and i mean they do our booking for us but uh you know we just kind of played around columbia a lot there for years and then um just started getting out more and more but i mean really for us we don't feel like we got much exposure until last year when we we released the first single off the new stuff that we did tense so we spent a lot of time just kind of playing in the just kind of this area more than anything and now that we've got you know a really awesome team of people and we got some songs we're really proud of we're we're starting to get out there more and uh you know just coming up we're looking to play as many shows as we can and get out to as many places as we can nice well yeah and then you guys caught the attention of ed uh bunker he's uh um, who reached out to me for this interview. He's somebody I've worked with, uh, with a lot of bands. So that's good. He's, a, he's, he's a good people to have, uh, on your team. Definitely. Um, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, you know, the recording or what, what was the, which was the single from tense that kind of like really blew up, blew the door open for you guys. Well, I mean, Tense was the one that, that was the first single we did off of our newer stuff. And um, that was the first single that we ever really like pushed to national radio. We worked with a guy named Eric Baker to do the radio stuff, who is the guy who introduced us to Ed Bunker. Um, but um, yeah, as far as recording that and everything, that was the last song we did when we, uh, we were working on our new stuff. And, you know, we we had a lot of people listen to them and that was not really the one that we thought would be like the first single, but Ed and Eric and a lot of different people heard it and they were like, man, we think tense, that should be your first one. Okay. So that's the single. I thought that was the name of the, the EP or whatever. Oh no, no. That's just the name of the first song we released. Oh, okay. And then, uh, do you have a, a full album yet or? So we, when we originally started working on this, we were just going to do like a four or five song EP. And then we got down to Nashville and started working and we were just really putting out stuff that we really liked and just going really well. So we said, you know, we, we might as well just do a full length record. But once we kind of got the songs finished and we talked to, you know, Ed and Eric and some of those people, it, it kind of became apparent for us that the best strategy for right now, just as an independent band was to release singles instead of doing the full length record. Because once you, you know, once you release the full length record, everything is just out there. But if we release them a single at a time, then we kind of have stuff we can hold back. But our plan is to probably release a few more singles. And then once we've gotten through that, we'll we'll release a full length record later. Gotcha. And then, um, well, let's talk a little bit about your latest single, uh, Make Believe. And what's like the message behind uh, that song? Uh, that song is about imagination. Uh I grew up, I'm an only child, so 
when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time alone. And when, when you're alone, you develop, I think, you know, pretty, uh, you know, you become pretty imaginative. At least I did. And uh, it's just a song about, about the power of imagination, really, because, you know, it's obviously a very powerful tool that allows you to write songs and create art and, you know, do anything, really. It begins with that. But at the same time, your imagination can also get away with you and get you in trouble, as I've learned. Yeah, it could go to the dark below, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I like that, that, that message because it seems like we're living in a world today that's become so artificial, you know, that, uh, you know, kids today don't even get to use their imagination. It's like you're told what to think, you know, uh, from birth almost. And, uh, yeah, just like the things you could get away with, you know, the things we could do without because we just had our imagination. You could pick up a stick and it could be Darth Vader or something, you know? And yeah, yeah, dude, that's... Be that's more totally content. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I grew up like as a kid in the 90s and I just, I can't imagine being a kid living to like growing up today. If I grew up with all this technology, like cell phones and social media and all that stuff, I, I can't imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither, man. I mean, I grew up in the eighties, so it's just like, yeah, it's scary, man. And I got kids. So it's like, I try and get them like unplugged from the matrix and get out there and try and enjoy the, the real world, you know, a little bit, you know, but you know, um, definitely, uh, imagination and, you know, the land of make believe or whatever is, uh, you know, something, something lacking. I mean, look at Hollywood. They just keep rebooting, rebooting, you know, nothing, nothing new is coming, yeah. coming out anymore. It seems. And, uh, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, hopefully people get that message from your song and, you know, get back out to nature and unplug once in a while. I hope so, man. And then, uh, so you guys, uh, mostly played your area. Um, when when you're you know releasing these songs like what's one of your favorites to perform live or what's what's uh one of your tracks that gets you know a good crowd response oh man my favorite one to play is uh we got a newer song we haven't released it yet it's called self-inflicted it's it's a little different than some of our other stuff it's not it's not i mean it's still got heavy guitars and everything like it's a hard rock song but it's one that people who probably aren't even into hard rock i feel like they would hear it and they might like it because it's kind of a little poppier than the other ones, but it's just a, just a higher energy and just a, it's just a really fun song to play live. Nice. And then, um, you know, uh, going back, uh, you know, I was going down like the rabbit hole on YouTube a little bit and checking out some of your other, uh, songs that you've released and, and, uh, reading about some of your other tracks. I want to, I'm curious about the song hate being human. What's like the inspiration behind that one? Um, so originally, when we when we were working on that one, I that was a song that I'd had an idea for for years and just could never really figure out what to do with it. But I had the idea for a song called "Hate My Skin," and then it's just you know a song kind of being uh, just dissatisfied with the human race, I guess, and some of the things we do. Uh, and then when we were in the studio, it was actually our producer, Jason. He was like, man, what if we added a tagline on the end of hate being human? And that was when it was like, oh, man, that's that's pretty slick. So it it is a song like I, I don't literally hate being human. I'm I'm blessed, man. I've got it pretty good, so I can't complain. But, you know, there's just things that you see people do 
we yeah. do to one another, and it's just like, my God, man, it's basically just about that. No, you're uh, preaching to the choir, man. You know, it's like I, <laughs> I see it every day. You know, like I said, I've got two kids I'm trying to raise in this world, and the the things that you know, I did some time in the military, and it's just like there are like we got first world problems over here, but people still find things to fight about and bitch about over here. You know, nothing's yeah. good enough. And it's just like, man, we, we, we're so far away from gratitude. And like you said, realizing how blessed we are, you know, it's true, man. I think we, we got it pretty good over here and we maybe take that for granted sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Now. Uh, so that's the, uh, so the latest single, was uh make believe and that's the one you guys are kind of pushing right now what future plans do you have uh for the band uh just right now it's just supporting this current single and then uh playing as many shows as we can we we hope to release i think at least a couple more singles but for us like the the rest of the year we're just trying to get out and play as much as possible so we got some people working on stuff to try to get us get us to some radio stations and places that are playing us a lot and just play as much as we can, man. Yeah. So, I mean, have you had many opportunities to get outside of your your local zone there and play? Yeah. I mean, we definitely have over the years. I mean, we've gone to, to other states. We uh, In March, we went on a run with Scotty Austin, and we went to Denver, Wichita, um, Oklahoma, and then we ended up in Dallas. It was just a pretty – just a four-day four, four day short run. But, I mean, we've done stuff like that in the past, but – we're really hoping to, you know, just get out to as many places as we can coming up. Great. And then um, any kind of like goals you have set for yourself going forward? Oh, man, we just would, I would love to be able to get on like a legit tour with, you know, some bigger names or something. There's, you know, there's a lot of bands that I'd love to play with, but I mean, we've, we've talked amongst ourselves in the band, like we would love so much to get on tour with a band like Chevelle or, 10 years, somebody like that, that we're, you know, we're huge fans of, but just right now, um, you know, like I said, we just want to play shows. So we're just working on that. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, man, get, see, get you guys on something with, with Chevelle. I think I'm going to see 10 years this weekend, actually at uh incarceration. Festival Have you seen them before? Mansfield. No, I haven't. So I put it on the bill though. I haven't seen them in years, but they they are definitely up there as far as like live bands for me. They they're badass. I mean, and he sounds like just spot on vocally. It's they're impressive. Cool. Yeah, I'll be at the uh, the Danny Wimmer uh, uh, Incarceration Festival. They're they're on the I see they're on the bill. I believe they're playing uh, Friday, so I'll have to oh. check them out. And if I run into anybody, I tell them Josh. Josh gave his stamp of approval from Dark Below and get him on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll be like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> but uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I normally ask uh, guests I have on here. Um, yeah. So who are your top three musical artists? Mm, I would say Chevelle and 10 Years are probably my top two. Top three, man. I mean, there's a lot of them, man. I, I love a lot of different bands. I love Breaking Benjamin. They've been, you know, a big influence on me over the years. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna throw out a weird one. I'm gonna say Huey Lewis in the News. 
I love Huey Lewis in the nice. news. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Huey Lewis in the news, especially yeah, after watching really. American Psycho. Yeah. That that is where it started for me. I, I've told this before, but my best friend Coleman, he's he's seen that movie a hundred times like me. And that scene, you know, where he goes on about sports, and he's like, Oh, well, when sports came out in '83, my buddy, <laughs> he, he has that whole thing memorized. And one time he just showed up at my house. He lives in Seattle. He just like flew back to Missouri and showed up at my house and pulls up in my driveway and gets out of his car with the sports CD and just like gives me that whole spiel. And <laughs> then we're like, all right, well, we should listen to this. And it's like, oh my God, it really does kick ass. And that's how I became such a big fan. Like that whole record is awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember getting seen, I want a new drug on MTV and that kind of like, Got me, yeah. and then growing up watching uh, Back to the Future and The Power of Love and all that, I was like, all right, yeah, Huey's man, he don't get enough props, so I'm glad uh, you're giving him some. <laughs> yeah, great man. And then, um, what's like the last book you read? Uh, so right now, I'm in the middle of reading through uh, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. This would be like the third time I've done it, probably. Uh, if you don't know, it's just like a whole like saga. It's like it's like seven books long. It's very long. Uh, they made a movie kind of based on it years ago, and it was a complete piece of crap. It, it's nothing like the stories. So if you've seen that, don't let that affect your opinion of the books. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. I've le I've read a lot of Stephen King. That seems to happen a lot to Stephen King books. You know, people yeah. make movies, and, and and Stephen gets pissed when they take their own. <laughs> you know way on way on things and then uh what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today um mandatory class i think some sort of like financial like financial responsibility teaching you how to manage your finances at like write a check and stuff so i mean I'm sure at some schools they probably offer something like that. They might have offered it in my school. I definitely didn't take it, but uh, I think that should be something that is required because, I mean, I I mean, when I got out of school, I had no idea how to manage money or I, I don't even – I think I could probably write a check, but I think that, uh, you know, I think that would be good for everyone. Yeah, agreed. And then if, uh, if you could send a message back to your 12-year-old self what would it be <laughs> uh man my 12 year old self like all that time you're gonna waste playing video games take like half of that and um you know dedicate that to like playing guitar or maybe get started singing at 12 instead of just like you know 21 or whatever i was when we started the band nice and then uh, who are three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? Uh, well, I'd have, to, I'd have to say my parents for sure. My dad was, you know, the biggest influence on me musically because he, you know, got me started with introducing me to all of it. Uh, you know, my mom, she's she's not, you know, she's not really a musical person. I would say she doesn't you know, she's not into it like my dad, but, you know, she's just always supported me every way she can forever. And I appreciate that. And man, if there's one other one, I would say um, it's a guy named Bill Coolman, who I used to work for. He was uh, he's actually a professional race car driver. 
you could look him up. He was a pretty big deal in his day. But uh, I worked for him for a while when I was in high school. And he's just uh, – he's a kind of guy that has a, a different perspective on life than most people. He, he just sees things differently. And he just – he always – he had a way of just breaking things down into the simplest terms. And that's just something I've always carried with me. And I'll never forget. He was a big influence on me. Nice. I love hearing that. You know, I, when I uh, ask that question, there's like a, always somebody that, uh, you know, just just a reminder that no matter what position or whatever you hold in life, you always have an opportunity to be a positive influence on on somebody, you know, make a difference in their life, you know. And, uh, you know, it's I love hearing when, you know, like teachers or former bosses or stuff like that, you know, get mentioned in these, uh, when I ask these questions, because, uh, you know, it don't matter what you do, man, you could be the guy that bags groceries, man. And you could just, the way you do it every day, you know, might be something that impresses somebody or whatever. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Just how you treat people, you know? Yeah, dude. I'll, it's funny you say that. I'll never forget when I was in college at my friends, the, the dorm they lived in, like the, the uh, cafeteria, there was a guy there who was always there every day. He cooked burgers and he was the happiest guy I've ever seen in my life. And I'll never forget him. Like he was doing a job that most people would hate and would say, this sucks. But that dude every day, the most positive attitude, the nicest guy. And I've always remembered that guy. It was, he was doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was maybe what his purpose was, man, you know, and he was happy. It's like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, going back to that make-believe, it's wherever our mind, you know, what do we want to strengthen in our mind? Is it a positive attitude? I've noticed ever since I started being more grateful and trying to reflect on having more of a positive attitude, more positive things seem to come my way, you know? So, yeah, man. I try and teach my, my kids that all the time. And then yeah. uh, speaking of uh, make-believe and childhood and stuff, what was your uh, favorite toy as a child? Probably my Nintendo. When I I got started playing video games, would it would have been like the probably like '94 or something like that. When I was like five, I was pretty into to Super Mario and stuff like that. Gotcha. And then, um, are you are you a wrestling fan by any chance? Uh, no, not really. But like. Uh, some of my friends are really into it and I kind of, I get to hear them like losing their minds over it sometimes if we're like in a video game chat and they're watching that stuff. But uh, aside from that and like the, the many memes I see with like Ed McMahon and stuff, I'm not that familiar with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes I ask, uh, it's uh, one of the questions I'll sometimes throw out. I got a little Rolodex here. And, and then because I'm a big wrestling fan, I grew up and then I'll start a whole nother conversation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas? Oh, man. Well, you know, we just really appreciate what you guys do for us. Obviously, we don't get to do what we're doing over here without the people that are, uh, you know, willing to go over there and risk everything for for our freedom. Uh, one of my one of the a guy that honestly I probably should have listed as one of my biggest influences. I had another one, my buddy Brogan that uh, I met when I went to junior high. He was, uh, he was a guy that really got me into hard rock because I was more into like punk and stuff when I was younger. And then I met him and he started showing me the heavy stuff like 
I can remember he introduced me to Breaking Benjamin. And uh, he, he did like three tours of duty over in the Middle East. And that's a guy that's, you know, been through some stuff. And uh, wish I'd have mentioned him too. But anyway, appreciate well, him. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate him and everybody that, uh, you know, makes a sacrifice for the rest of us. It means a lot. Awesome. Well, Josh, man, I appreciate your time, man, today. It was good uh, talking to you and, and hearing, uh, you know, what you guys got going on. Now, for any fans that are hearing about you for the first time and are curious to follow and support and want to know more, where would you send them? Oh, I'd say check out our Facebook page. Uh, we got, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. But Facebook's kind of like our, our uh, main hub. So if you want to check us out there, uh, we got whatever you could need information wise. And if you guys feel like reaching out, please do. We'd love to hear from all of you. Nice. And hopefully when you guys uh, start getting those shows out more, you come up to the Cleveland, Ohio area, I'll come check you out. I'll hit that up. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hey, you're not an Ohio State fan, eh? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been a diehard Ohio State fan since I was a little kid. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm a big uh, big fan of the football team. Yeah, I mean, if I'm I'm not really like the biggest fan of football, which is funny living in Cleveland, but at the same time, it's probably understandable living in Cleveland. But uh, I guess if I if I, if I was supporting a an Ohio team that doesn't let me down as much, it'd be Ohio State for sure. <laughs> yeah, man, the poor Browns. It's been a rough uh, a rough run. Yeah, yeah, it has, man. And I just was like, I, I that's why I turned to pro wrestling. I was like, at least eventually my guy's gonna win. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh Josh, man, I appreciate your time, dude. It was good good talking with you. If uh if I could ask one last favor before I let you go, you mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Just introduce yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, this is Josh from Dark Below, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Awesome. Josh, thanks a lot, man. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck with everything, man. Hope to see you guys come through Cleveland. Hell yeah, man. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too, Bye. man. <laughs>